Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. All these rules. Should we use them? I guess. We'll talk about it right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. I wanted to put out a radical idea here. I just watched a video by Bob Worldbuilder about four combat rules his groups don't use and his players love it. Okay. That's good. I just want to do my take on it. Um, and so let, me, let me take it in the broader sense here, in the fact that I'm kind of not on board with rules as written. Uh, I should say kind of not, because I do believe that each game should have a framework of rules that you should follow. But there are just some rules. I mean, this is the whole, you know, premise for this is the whole basis for house ruling. So, you know, you you get my point. But I feel that a GM should probably develop an air of ambiguity around the rules around his game. Now, I will tell you what I'm talking about, what to do, and then I'm going to tell you things you should not do with that. Because, as with anything in life, too much, you know, is not enough. But you, in order to know what too much is, you got to know what enough is. But, or, or something like that. I think Marky DeSade said that or something. Anyway, um, he talked about these four rules that I kind of agree with. First of all, you know, it's a radical idea of doing away with movement as far as like counting up. Because his whole point is it kind of like, you know, like Savage Worlds, Fast, Furious, and Fun. He wants to keep the game going, the tension going, and all this other stuff, which is I am totally agree. And as far as I'm concerned, I've been trying to move away from movement for a long time. Because I just want it to be, okay, I want to do this. Can I do that? Hmm. I think so. Let's check it. Or let's not check it, rather. Just make a decision, damn it. And let the characters do that. Maybe a role is is in, is in order or something. So you got to take that into account. Now, if they want to jump a chasm, hmm, that's pretty wide chasm. What's your strength? What's your dex? Okay. I like to do, see, I like to do averages. In my game, there are, the, there are the six stats, but I also add a perception stat. This is, this is kind of related, so bear with me. I add a perception stat, and all that is is the, the characters, intelligence and wisdom, average. In other words, add them together and divide by two. And that is their perception. They roll under that, they see it. Or they perceive it. They don't. They roll over it. They don't. 
And I'm also for failing forward and things like that. So there's a, a very, like, how much did you make it or miss it by? I don't always do that, but I do it enough times where it's become kind of a regular thing with me. So I would take, I would do stuff like, hmm, that's a big chasm. Average your decks and decks and strength and roll under that. You can make it. One simple roll. Boom. Or if you, if need be, hmm, you're that strength. Yeah, I think you can make it. Okay, fine. You make it. You know, it's that kind of thing. Now, as far as movement goes, I'm all for what they do in index card RPG. Near, was it close, near, far, and out of range. That's all you need. I I mean, I know all the all the range junkies, the ones with the bows and the crossbows and stuff, would like to know exactly how much you know they can. But if you 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 can guesstimate it, they can guesstimate it, and sometimes you let them do it, and they they don't know until they do it. I mean, my my GM Matt, he says. He says, whenever they do something like, I check for traps, he rolls their traps, and he says, hmm, you think you disarm, okay, you're pretty sure you disarm the trap. It's always pretty sure with him. You're pretty sure you disarm the trap. Now, go ahead and open the door. I think You're pretty sure you unlocked it, and they didn't unlock it, or they did unlock it, or the trap went off, or the trap didn't malfunction, or didn't go off, or whatever, but... Only he knows. And that's pretty much the way that I figured the more skilled, the more sure they would be. I would do it on a scale. But that's the kind of thing. Develop a, a, a an attitude of ambiguity. Because in life, a lot of things are ambiguous until they do it. It's like Schrodinger. It's basically Schrodinger's cat. You know, is there a cat in the box? Well, you don't know. Is, is there a cat? You have to open up and find out. Until you find out, the cat either is or isn't in there, or both. But you won't know until you open it up and look in the box. Same thing with life. There's a lot of things where you can give it a like an educated guess or a guesstimate, and you say, yeah, that's, uh, that's a little too far for me to jump, or a little too high for me to climb, or something like that. And so you would do something about it. You in, in games, in game, it's like, what kind of pluses can I get? Can I get a, you know, do a dex roll, do a strength roll, whatever. But it's all a guesstimation between the player and the GM. The GM decides the difficulty. If you have a game with difficulty levels and things like that, you don't have to tell them. You don't. I mean, even an index card where every scene has a difficulty level, you don't have to tell them. At least not right away. Let them work it out. It's like trying to get, guess an opponent's armor class. It's like you don't come out and say, he has an armor class of X. But I do that anyway for speed's sake. <laughs> so, you know, do as I say, not as I do. That, that's about all I can say. Uh, but I've seen GMs going, what's his armor class? You don't know. Well, how am I supposed to figure out what I need to hit? You don't. You you just, yeah. I mean, there are other formulae formulas to do that if not if you don't know the armor class but you know you you don't you, you just got to roll and can, did i hit did i see uh, nowadays when they're using ascending armor class it's harder to do because you got to figure out a d20 
minus, minus your armor class, or whatever the, the formula is. See, with Thaco, or Descending Armor class, it was easy because all you have to do is, okay, my Thaco is this, I roll that, and the difference between is the armor class I hit. And that's easy. Now, I'm sure Ascending Armor class, you could probably do it some, some kind of same way. But I have yet to figure that out. I'd like to do it that way, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I'm, I'm bad about that. It's like he has an armor class of six. Now, why did I tell them that? Oh well. But to me, it doesn't affect the fun because they're still excited. But the whole point I'm trying to say is, when you do, when you get more ambiguous like that, it ratchets up the tension, it ratchets up the suspense, which I like. Oh my gosh, I don't know if we could do that. Man, can we can we actually hit him before hit him before he drops that bomb and it goes off everywhere? I don't know. Man, okay, I guess I'll try and hit him with my arrow. Okay, boom. Did I hit him? Yes, no? Uh yes, yes. You hit him. You and you know, it's like you're taking if you're taking a called shot, you're going to be taking some minuses, but you, you get the you get the idea. It's like you may you've got to. What I'm trying to basically do is get the players to make educated guesses, like anybody would do, even a skilled person. It's still, you know, you sit there and you figure it, and okay, this is the odds I have of doing it. Now, games with percentiles as the main focus is I think a little would be a little easier because you can actually figure out a percentage chance of what you wanted to do. But even, either, even though, I mean, you know, you deal with this stuff for like thieves skills all the time. And, you know, something like a cleric's turning, um, my power of my God compels you. Did it work? There, well, about half of them turned around and walked away. Okay, it partially worked. I would, if I was the GM behind the screen, he'd go, okay, I try and turn them and let him roll. Let him roll whatever. You know, the, whatever the, the system is, 2d6, whatever. Okay, I rolled that. And he looks on the chart and he says, well, it says I can turn this many. Um, I will roll that. Thank you. You turned five of them and there are 10. Okay, fine. You rolled five. You rolled a five. I rolled. You rolled the five of them. Walk away in in terror or run away in terror. The other five are still coming. So you know the rest of the party has something to do whacking them. But there you go. You know, keep it ambiguous. You th you think you turned them. Um, you know, they look like they're some of them are turning around, just got fear in their eyes. The other ones are like, "What was that?" Oh well. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. So you got to remember, just just cultivate an air of ambiguity around a lot of this stuff. Now, the downside of that, you can't do it all the time. Any GM in, in a game I'm playing in, any GM who does that constantly, I'd be walking away from the table. Because it's like I feel that he has no idea what we're doing, what 
he wants us to accomplish, where the stories go. I just get the idea he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to how to GM. He he hasn't either put the prep time in or he just is stupid. <laughs> That's the only other way I could put it. You know, there's there's something wrong in there. So, you know, you've got to take that into consideration too. Use it. Be ambiguous, but do it in a way kind of sparingly where it's, you know, you're not going to, basically, you're not going to get on the player's nerves because that would get on my last nerve. It's like, okay, well, thank you very much for the game. Goodbye. Or I would go through the session and, okay, we're playing next week. Uh, guys, I'm out. You know, I'm just out. I can't, my... Uh, I'd be coming up with excuses like I got to get my dog bar mitzvah or something like that. The cat needs to be polished, some, some something like that. Until one point, I'm just gonna have to go, dude. I'm out. Okay, I can't do this anymore. I'm just busy. Or you know, if I'm you know, if you're gonna be, <laughs> if I'm gonna be really chicken about it, but there's there comes a point where I'm gonna say, dude, I don't like the game. I'm out. Bye. But and that's why I said don't don't really push that too much. Be ambiguous, but still convey that you know what you're doing and you know where the story is going because that that would be a... Sometimes that's a red flag of a GM who just doesn't know. So Because some people get thrown into GMing and they don't want to. I mean, my grandson Gage is like that. He can run a good... He can run a game. He can run a good game of, of D&D or whatever. Usually, D, well, he only knows D&D, but... He could run a good game, but it's always like, eh, Grandpa, I don't really want to be a GM. I just do it because the other, you know, the other kids want me to do it because nobody else will do it. And that's usually nine times out of ten. That's usually the way groups start, you know, new groups. And uh, but you know, some people they just it's like they're getting thrown in the deep end of the pool, and you know, sink or swim. So they just do the way they think that you know they try they try and do their best, basically. But their hearts, you can tell their heart's not in it. And that's one of the things. If they're ambiguous about everything, uh, uh, can I talk, can I parlay with this creature? Yeah, I guess so. Can I roll my diplomacy? Okay, go ahead. I hit it. Okay, I made it. Uh, yeah, he says hi. You know, that that's the kind of thing that's, really? Why are you even behind that screen? Okay, so that's what I want to be. I, that's what I want to warn you about because being ambiguous for everything is not a good thing at all. Okay, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognardgmail.com or drop a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program. And I would thank you. For single donations, go to my Kofi page, ko ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Gilbert Sarez, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Benjamin Brodell, John Allen Large, and Aaron. Thank you very much. The show is better for it. Thank you very much, guys. Other good podcasts. Dan Gregg's got the Jung, Y-U-N-G, Jung Grognard podcast. Kevin at the Red Caps podcast. Daniel Norton's Bandit's Key podcast. Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest podcast. Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries. And my friend Eric Tenkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.
got questions, you got comments, send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air.